Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, there's a lot going on this morning. <laughs> Lots that you don't know of or see. We want to, first of all, thank all of you that are here today visiting with us and watching online. I know that my sister and her husband in Italy are watching, and so we welcome them. And, but we want to welcome all of you that are here with us today, and we trust that God is touching you and has touched you and will continue to touch you. Isn't that what we all want? I mean, all of us, even us old-timers. Well, I'm not an old-timer, but I'm a regular. And, uh, but no, we, we want God to touch us. We're deliberate about that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, uh, just... They always tell me to introduce myself, so I'm one of the guys around here and uh, been coming here for a number of years, my wife and I, and we're just delighted to be here and be a part of this community and be a part of you, okay? You and what God's doing with you. And so when we hear things about our youth department, we're excited. I mean, we feel like we're right in there with them, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to speak to you just for a few moments, if I may, a very familiar passage of Scripture. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Exodus 4. I've read this passage many, many times and looked at it at different angles and in the last week or two, I've been doing a lot of traveling and just talking to God. And you know, when you talk to God, He talks to you. Well, He can talk to you if you talk to God. How about that? And, um, and I have an ongoing conversation with Him on a daily basis and nightly. Every time I wake up in the night, I talk to Him. Say, well, I'm trying to go back to sleep. I don't want to talk to anybody. Well, I talk to him until I go back to sleep. And then when he wakes me up, I continue that conversation. And we just talk. We talk. How many of you like to be with a friend where you can just continue the conversation? It goes on on the phone. It goes on when you're driving to the store. It goes on. How many of you enjoy that, that companionship? And you can have that with God. You can have that with God. And so the title of my message today is, What is in your hand? Question mark. What is in your hand? And this passage of Scripture is very familiar, beginning in verse 1. And Moses answered and said, Behold, they will not believe me or listen to me or even obey my voice. For they will say that the Lord has not appeared to you. Not appeared to you. And the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A rod or a stick. And the Lord said, Cast it on the ground. And he did so, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Because of fear. And the Lord said to Moses, 
Put forth your hand and take it by the tail. And he stretched out his hand and caught it. And it became a rod or a stick in his hand. And the Lord, and, and they, that they may believe that the Lord God is their father. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is he that hath appeared to you. Father, I pray that as we look at this short passage of Scripture, that you would speak volumes to us. May the people hear your voice and not mine. May you give revelation and insight. Maybe today, for the first time, someone is looking at this passage. But I pray that our hearts would be stirred today and changed for your honor and for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. How many of you have ever gone on a hike out in the woods, a trail? Maybe you were, had kids and you took your kids with you and you're walking on the trail. Some of you are raising your hand. Yep, yep. Um, and maybe, but maybe it was you when you were little. And your parents took you or a youth group went or whatever. Have you ever noticed that it inevitably somebody is going to pick up a stick? And that stick turns into a lot of different things. I mean, they, they, maybe it was you and you would whack things with that and you would, it would be a sword or a Star Wars, whatever, whatever that thing is. See, God's given revelation to people. But you know how it was. I mean, we would whack grass or we would use it as a golf club. And, and we would whack each other. How many of you ever had your mom or your dad say, don't hit your brother or your sister with that stick? But you picked it up. It was nothing great. Just an ordinary stick, but to you it was something. And if you were like me, I wanted to take my stick home. Dad, can I take it home? Why? It's just a stick. I know, but I just want to take it home. All right, you can take it home. You take the stick home, and you know, you would you'd use it a little bit, and maybe you'd forget about it, or maybe your dad or mom would go around the corner and take it and throw it away, and you forgot all about it. <laughs> but it was just a stick. You know, Whenever God gets ready to do something awesome, He always looks for people to work through. He wants to, I mean, He could do it all by Himself. But He wants to use each one of us. From the youngest person in the room to the oldest person. And I'm not that person. <laughs> but to the older ones. He wants to use us. But... Anytime that he's getting ready to do a miracle, he'll look for somebody that he can use. I remember one time I was sitting with um, Reinhard Bonnke in Africa one time and uh, 
had the privilege of being with him, and we were talking about crusades. And for those of you that don't know, I used to do some crusades and stuff like that. And, and uh, I remember him telling me the story where one, and for those of you who don't know, he is the crusade guy, if you want to call it that way. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in one crusade, and some counts go over a million in one crusade. And um, he was telling me the story, and maybe some of you have heard it as well, where he came back from one of his crusades and he was in the hotel room and he was just thanking God for what God had done that night. And um, God said, um, you weren't my first choice. And he said, what? And he said, yeah, he said, I've, I asked two other people to do it and they didn't obey me. What a humbling thing to realize that God went beyond the first choice and he went beyond the second choice and he chose Reinhardt. Can I tell you, he's choosing you today to do something that perhaps others refused to do. And sometimes when God calls us to do something, we, we think that, oh, I'm not educated enough, or, or I'm not the right age, or maybe I don't have enough money in the bank. I can't, I can't do that. Maybe you've argued with God and said, well, you know, I, I just don't have that personality. I'm not funny, or I'm not good looking, or I just, I'm just shy. But you don't have to worry like Moses did about what people would say. He's just looking for someone that he can use. Just an ordinary, common, humble person. Not so, you don't have to go buy a brand new car to be used by him. You don't have to get your degree. You don't have to have three children or get, even get married. He just wants to use you right the way that you are. And so, number one, he says, he asks the question, he says, what is in your hand? In other words, he's saying, what do you have in your possession right now that I can use? What do you have that I can work with? And when he asked Moses that, Moses' response was, well, I, I, I got a stick. I got a rod. And you know, this rod was part of Moses' life. He used it to, when he was in the desert, tending to the sheep. We don't know a whole lot about Moses, but we do know that he had sandals. How many of you know Moses had sandals? You remember the story? We know that he had a rod and we assume that he had clothes. How about that? That'd be a good thing. But this rod went with him everywhere. It was part of him. What is it that you take with you everywhere? Maybe it's your cell phone or maybe it's the keys or maybe it's your purse or wallet or Maybe it's your personality. 
Maybe it's your occupation. It's part of you. You, can't, you take it everywhere. If you had a backpack, it'd be in the backpack. If you had a fanny pack, it'd be in the fanny pack. That's a private joke with, between me and my wife. When I go overseas, I take a fanny pack so that... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just hold, hold steady because I'm going to cut you right here in a minute. and I'm going to cut you. But I take a fanny pack, okay, I don't call it a fanny pack, but I take one so I can put my stuff in there so my hands are free, okay? I put my passport in there, I put my tickets in there, I put my money in there, all that. And by the way, just so that you all know, we were at the mall yesterday and there were people walking around with fanny packs on. I told my wife yesterday, I said, see... See, because she's been trying to get me to get rid of that for a long time. I should have wore it today. That's what I said. Now they got rhinestones on them and all kinds of collars and made of leather. and Anyway, how did I get off on that? Anyway. But so what is part of you? What, what, your family, your, 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 your wife is part of you. Yeah, your education, it's part of you. But this rod helped Moses. I have up here, there's some sticks up here. I brought some sticks up here. I did ask for uh, you guys to bring your stick. If If you didn't get that memo and you'd like to come grab a stick, come grab a stick up here. It won't bug me a bit. You can grab one. Just hold. take it back to your seat and just hold it. But I have, look at this thing. Look at this thing. This, this, this was a, this was a, now don't hit anybody with it. I got something that. Yeah, just, just keep that stick with you. Don't draw attention to yourself. Don't hit anybody with it. But I, I have with me this stick. This stick is probably 80 to 100 years old. This stick comes from Africa. When my parents and I went to Africa in 1966, we were in a remote area, and uh, I went back a number of years later, probably about 20 years. No, 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 no. 20 years after I had been back, so I came back. So I went back around 2000 to the same house, and I found this stick. Now, this was just an ordinary stick. But about 80 years ago, somebody took a piece of metal... And heated it up and put a sharp edge on that thing right there. Shoved it through these two holes and while it was still hot, bent that metal over. This was a stick but became a tool. I can't even tell you what, how many snakes that thing right there has killed. No idea. Looks very primitive. But if you're in the bush and something is coming after you, this thing works real well. 
It's like the little Italian granny that used to go for a walk every day. Have you all heard this? The little Italian granny would walk, go for a walk every day, and her kids would, in, in like New York or wherever, some city, and there was a chain-link fence with a pit bull inside the chain-link fence, and it was nasty. And the kids used to tell Grandma, Grandma, don't go down there. Don't go walk. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go walk. I'm going to walk down the block and come back. And she'd go out to the door and she'd get her a big stick that she had. And little Granny would walk down the road, the street, on the sidewalk, and that pit bull would come running out, growling and snarling and all that. And little Granny just kept walking, kept walking, because she had that stick. And if that dog decided to do something like jump that fence or whatever, you know that granny's going to whack that thing with this stick. And she'd go walking every day. It was part of her. It was a tool. It was, a, in this case, a weapon. A weapon. But Moses was out tending his sheep. And so it was part of him. Can I say this to you? Never think that your calling is insignificant. Never. What God asks you to do in this season is very, very important because you know what? If you fail at this, He'll never be able to use you for the next one, the next step, the next miracle. So always use your, your time as training. And know and understand that God's going to use it in your future. But Moses would use it, his stick to walk, help him walk. He would move things out of the way. That stick was just normal. It was just common. It was just average. But God wants to take your ordinary and make it extraordinary. He wants to take your natural and make it supernatural. And the way that that happens is when his anointing comes on you with what you possess. And so the first thing that he said was, what do you have in your hand? And the second thing is, throw it down. And God asked Moses to throw the rod down on the ground. And when he does, it turns into a snake or a serpent. And Moses was afraid. Can I tell you? That when God asks you to do something, He's going to confront your fears. Those fears that you, where you think, I'm not qualified to do that, God, I can't do that. Maybe it's a fear of failure. Maybe it's a fear of people. Maybe it's a fear of rejection. He's going to confront those. You're going to have a choice to either listen to God and obey God and shove all those fears away, or those fears are going to hold you back. And then number three, be a part of the miracle. Be a part of the miracle. God tells Moses to grab it by the tail and pick it up. Now, I know Tim, I've heard that he likes has had snakes in his life. I can tell you, growing up in Africa, I've seen a lot of snakes and killed most of them. Most of them never survived to tell their story. <laughs> Did have some pythons and uh, 
used to keep, try to keep those as long as I could till they got away. I almost brought a forefoot back to the States when I came back one time, but he got away a week before. But I've never picked up a snake by the tail. Never. I always choose to grab it behind the head simply so that it doesn't bite me. And so Moses does this. He grabs it by the tail and it becomes a stick. You see, the miracle is not, wasn't determined by Moses. It was determined by God. God was the one who actually did it. it was, it's God's wisdom that's going to perform the miracle in your life. It's, it's God's skill, if we want to call it. It's his intellect. Even the gifts and the talents that you have, he gave to you. He doesn't need your wisdom or your intellect. You don't have to be super talented. It's not even dependent upon your ability to communicate. God will give you whatever you need so that you can do whatever he's called you to do. God just wants to know what is in your hand right now. What does he have to work with? And I know some of you are saying, well, I don't have very much. I, I don't know a lot of people. I got to go meet some more people. I got to grow up. I got to add a few more years. I got to get my... No, you don't. He's asking you what you have right now in your hand. And you know what? The thing that you have in your hand, the thing that's part of you, he's going to ask you to throw it down. You say, now, wait a minute. Hold on just a second. This is, this is my gift. This is my... Yeah, God gave it to me, but he wouldn't ask me to throw it down. Can I tell you? He's going to ask you to throw it down so that he, his anointing can come on it where that natural thing will become a supernatural thing. He's saying, will you get it out of your hands so that it can come into his hands? So that he can use it and he can get all the glory? So that he can make it supernatural? I'm going to give you some examples of this in just a moment. God wants to use that simple thing, that, that ordinary, that what you think is mundane, not flashy. He wants to use that thing. He wants to put his presence and his anointing on you. And when that happens, you'll become impactful in the kingdom. Moses and his stick. Remember, he, he parted the Red Sea with that stick by holding it up over. And the, the whole ch uh, children of Israel, the whole group of them passed over on dry land. And then the waters came back in and drowned the Egyptians, every one of them. All their chariots, all their horses, all that. God used that stick. And then in Exodus 15, when the Israelites were thirsty, remember at the, at the waters of Morrow, and the, and, the, and the water was bitter, and God told Moses to break off a branch and throw it in the water. And when he did those waters became sweet again. And then 2 Kings 
6, when the sons of the prophets were cutting down beams. And remember, the axe head came off and fell into the Jordan. And Elisha took a stick and he threw it in the water and the axe head, the iron axe head, actually floated back up to the top and they recovered that borrowed axe head. God always uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. Quit saying that you're not talented enough or you're not good enough. Quit saying you're not popular enough or smart. Quit saying you don't have enough money. God uses just the ordinary. And have you ever wondered where Moses got this stick? I was thinking about that this week. I believe that he got it in the wilderness. I believe that this object, this part of his life was gained, so to say, when he was in the wilderness. When he was in his trials. When he was going through his testings. It's during those times that you can pick up tools that God will use to get you out of it and even use them in your future. During the testing times, during those trials, you know, when, when we face difficulty and things like that, and we all do, those are the times that we mustn't forget God. You know, there are people who forget God when they're in the midst of difficulty. How foolish is that? These times in the wilderness should be times of extended prayer times and Extended reading your Bible, soul searching and, and looking at your heart, your motives. These times should be times where you build character, where your faith is increased, where you become stronger in Him, where you meditate on who He is and what He really means to you. Can I tell each one of you, never think that your wilderness time is a waste. Always learn to pick up things in the wilderness that God will use later in your life for His honor and for His glory. And so Moses went to Pharaoh. We know the story. And he said, let my people go. And, he th and Moses threw down that rod, that same rod that he picked up during that time of testing. He used the same thing. And he threw it down and it became a serpent. And then Pharaoh got his magicians and, and they threw their rods down. We know what it is. There's always going to be deception. There's always going to be trickery involved and all of that. And they threw their rods down and then they became serpents. But it was Moses' serpent that swallowed up all the others. Wouldn't you love to see... God move and swallow up things in your life that have held you back. Wouldn't you love to see maybe God swallow things up here at Hot FM? I mean, just where he would just pour out his blessing and his anointing and his healing power would be here and would touch so many people and their lives would be changed and this place would continue to be on fire for God, reaching out to people around us. Wouldn't you love for that? Wouldn't you love for him to 
swallow up situations in your business or in, in your finances or even in your health. We sang the song today, Waymaker, and some of you know my story. It's my rod. It's my stick. My health, it's my stick. You know that a few years ago I had a brain tumor. Had to have it removed. We prayed for healing. But there was too many other things that this guy had to learn than just a miracle. I've experienced miracles in my life and I will continue to experience them. But sometimes he wants to work through doctors and through surgery. So eight hours of surgery, two surgeons, I got me a stick. For those of you that were here, you knew, you know, you know. There was one Sunday, Will knows, I was up here and I went to go down and almost fell down. Had to grab a hold of the stage. So sick. You know, I had to learn to walk again. It's my stick. My stick. I know, some of you can't believe it. That's what everybody tells me. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I've watched you through this situation. I can't believe it. It's my stick. And I would, I'd sit on the couch after surgery at home, and this song that they sang today, Waymaker, I listened to it. Back then, I don't even know how I found it or whatever, and I couldn't even understand the words. My mind was so cluttered. I know when I would speak to the core team in the back, I remember one day I had to hold on to Barry's shoulder while I spoke so I didn't fall over. It's my stick. It's my stick. You know, I use this stick almost every day of my life today, it's my testimony. I, I tell everybody about it. It doesn't matter if they're atheists or not. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Those that have known me for a number of years saw my health go down and saw it come back by the power of God. It's my stick. It's what you learn, what you pick up in the wilderness that God can use later on in your future. And then fourth and lastly, go back to being normal. I think one of the greatest things in the story is that when Moses picked up the serpent, it turned back into a stick. Just a normal stick. There was no glitter on it. There was no bling to it. It was just a stick. Let me ask you, when God uses you in an extraordinary way, can you go back to being an ordinary stick? When God uses you to pray for the sick, can you go back to just being you? When He gives you a word of prophecy for the whole body of Christ, can you go back to just being normal? Or do you have to dress different and live in a different place? Require things of people. Shield yourself from the body of Christ. 
After you pray for somebody and they're healed of stage four cancer, can you go back to being an usher? After you sing on the worship team and the anointing comes on you in a powerful way, can you go back and do the words on the screen the next Sunday? Can you stay humble and not be filled with pride? Can you be ordinary and get ready to be used by God again? Can you give all the glory to God and truly know that you're no better than anybody else? Can you go back to your seat and not require the spotlight to be on you? Just go back to being you so that He can use you again as He sees fit. I'm sorry to say that many times God uses people in the body of Christ, but then they change. They go off and want to start their ministry. And if that's God's calling, go for it. I'm fine with it. But you lost that personal touch. You, were, you became one of those untouchables. Or when God uses you in a powerful way, you blast it all over Facebook and get all the attention. It's all me, 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 me. And not God, 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 God. Many times they forget where God brought them from. Sometimes the most supernatural thing that you can do is just be normal. I've been around over the years contracts that Christian groups sign when they come into churches. Can I tell you something? That some of these groups require a certain room, a certain dollar amount, and certain things in the room. Certain color of jelly beans. No, no, you think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. In 2002... We had the opportunity to go to the Philippines and do a blitz. And so we went. I took five youth pastors with me. And so in five days, all five days, all five youth pastors spoke in a different part of the city. And so in five days, we had 25 meetings. And then in the last three days, we rented huge coliseums and Thousands of people came and there was, on the stage leading worship was Protestants and Catholics. And I know that blows some of you away. But can I tell you that there are more tongue-talking, speaking in tongues, spirit-filled Catholics than there are of the other denominations? Can I tell you that? You say, well, I don't know how they can worship Mary. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. They love God as much or more than we do. 10,000 people got saved that week. And I stood off to the side of the stage and just thanked God for what he did that week in the Philippines. I remembered where I came from. I didn't forget where I'm from. Just a little village in Africa out in the middle of nowhere. Hot as all get out. 
But that week, God chose to use a stick for His honor and for His glory. God wants to do something supernatural with you, but you're going to have to remain humble. You're going to have to be just a stick. And I was, I was thinking about just around here, all the sticks that we have in this room. Barry and Diane aren't here today. I think about Barry. Worked all those hours. You know, you know even to this day, he fixes those sprinklers out there. Do you know that him and his wife cleaned the other side of that building over there? Just a stick. Brandon, I get the opportunity to work with him and plan. And Brandon plans these Wednesday nights. Just think about it. What we experience and what we have on Wednesday night, him and a team get together and they figure out what they're going to do. And then we show up on Wednesday night and we enjoy it. Just a stick. I think about Dennis and Maggie and them helping Kendra. I don't know if Kendra is here today or not, and some of you don't know, but Maggie just went out to stand on the side of the road in front of an abortion clinic. As many of you do. Don't get me wrong. This is why you should never minimize your calling. When God tells you to do something, you better go and do it to the best of your ability. Because when He shows up, lives are going to get changed. She had an opportunity. Maggie had an opportunity to meet Kendra. Maggie just went out there with her stick. A sign. Prayed. Oh, there's a novel idea. How about praying? Ended up meeting Kendra. Kendra's life is being changed right now in the process. How many of you are in the process of being changed? None of us are out of that. I think of Cliff and the team that work with benevolence and try to help people who are struggling. Just a stick. Normally, Kevin is in the sound booth, but we have somebody else doing the sound for us today. Just a stick. Enrico and the team, there's a group that go out and they feed the homeless and witness. and It's just a stick. David and Stacy with Isaiah. They got a stick. Can you affect the destiny of one individual the rest of their life? They're doing it. It's their stick. How about the meal trains that go on when people are under the weather or Different situations come up and people sign up for the meal train to take food to them. It's a stick. Or those that are in our congregation that help fix things for people in our church and around here. They help us out. They use the stick that they have. Or Sylvia with the cancer survivors. Helping them online. It's powerful. Some of you don't even know that. Can I tell you something? Just because you don't know something's going on doesn't mean nothing's going on. Can I tell you that? There's a whole lot going on. Whole lot going on. And you think, well, I've never heard that. I haven't heard a lot of things. 
I heard the other day, go ahead, pull your toes in because you, you might get them stopped on. I heard the other day that there's some people that want to grade our services. Now, let me tell you something. We talk about our services and what we do wrong and how we missed it. And we all miss it from time to time, okay? But we learn from it. We talk about these things in staff meeting, you know. It's okay. I got news for you. When you get up here, you won't hit 100% either. Or when you run the sound, the mic might come on with a delay. But we're working on it. Or it's too cold in here. We're working on it. And those two lights are out, and that's irritating. Some of you never noticed that. Those two lights are out, and it drives me nuts. Let me move on, let me move on, let me move on, let me move on. Now, I'm going to say this, and I would never embarrass anybody. But Eric came to us, and he was homeless. And God helped him, and people helped that process. You know now Eric goes out, and he feeds homeless people? You see, never forget where you came from. Never forget what God took you out of. And I could go on and on. Why? Because there's more things happening that I don't know anything about in this room. Our church is filled with sticks. And some people, when they get success, they leave the church. I'm going to say this with a whisper. You know, there are people, couples who will have a baby and then they leave the church for months on end. I've got to bond with the baby. I was a year and nine months when I got on the ship and went to Africa. It took about three weeks on the ship. When I arrived in Africa, the African women picked me up and carried me. There was no bonding going on. I understand the bonding part. I just wonder what God thinks about that. That's just, I, that's just what I, I wonder. Or I was talking with Allison about the team. They're going to do a CD, and I'm not going to get into it. But we, we talked, and we talked real. Would the worship team, after they make this album and it's successful, would they find it difficult to come to church? Would they forsake the assembling together because of their success? Some people, when they start a business, they get, oh, I'm just too busy. I mean, before the business starts, you know, oh, God, please help me. They're in every prayer meeting and whatever and whatever, and I just, I need you, I need you. And then they get success and they forget God. Let me close with this. 
you're taking notes and you're hung up on writing things down, go ahead and do this. Number one, what's in your hand that God can use? Number two, throw it down and let God anoint it. Number three, be a part of the miracle. And number four, go back to normal. You know, I don't really see in the Bible where Moses ever used that serpent again. But he used his stick over and over and over again. I ask you today, what's in your hand? What do you possess in your life that God could anoint and he could use? Maybe he's given you a talent, and it's a great talent. Maybe you can play the keyboard or play the drums. But what would happen if you threw that down and asked him to anoint it? Maybe your stick is showing kindness. Very important. Or being friendly. Maybe, maybe and I'm going to go ahead and say this, maybe your stick is money. Maybe God's blessed you with a lot of money. Nothing wrong with it. As long as you're being a good steward of it, of his money, and you see it that way. Maybe your stick is God's given you just a little bit of wisdom. Just a little bit. But if you threw it down, maybe he'd anoint it with supernatural wisdom. Maybe your stick is loyalty. Maybe you're willing, you're the type, you're going to stand by no matter what. I've always told my kids, you can mess up. You can mess up, but I'm going to defend you. Nobody. I told, I told, I think it was the staff the other day, nobody's going to beat up on the staff and get away with it with me around. Not going to happen. We're a team. Are you kidding me? Oh, well, they, you know, they fell and whatever. Oh, well, okay. We can work with that. Humble yourself, repent, make steps to, you know, an effort to change. Yeah, we can, we can work with that. It's not a problem. Some of you, your stick is the joy. You ever met anybody? Oh, how you doing? Oh, that doctor's bill and oh, this leg of mine and, you know, that dog was barking too loud and... You know, it's like, why did I even ask how they were doing? <laughs> but then have you ever met somebody? How you doing? And the joy of the Lord just comes out. And you're encouraged. Maybe your stick is texting. Listen to me. Listen to me. I text people words of encouragement all the time. I text one dude this week. I was, I was in Miami. I don't even remember what day it was. I text him because I know that he struggles with sleeping. I don't know the details of it. I just told him, told him I was praying for him. Words of encouragement through texting. Maybe it's your artistic ability. Maybe God's given you a stick that you can draw things. He didn't give me that stick, I can tell you that. (laughs) Maybe your stick is fathering or mothering. 
Young people, what's in your life that's just ordinary, that you can throw down, that God can anoint it, and then He can use it for His glory? Can you say, God, use me. I promise I'll stay humble. I won't forget where you brought me from or what you brought me out of. You know, some... Some people in the room have been, God's brought them out of drugs and addictions and anger and violence and crime. I mean, maybe that's your testimony that you can share with somebody and help them come out of that. God, I won't forget what you've done in my life. God, I promise to give you all the glory. What's in your hand? Throw it down. Give it to God. Be a part of the miracle. And then go back to being normal. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to continue speaking to everyone in the room and but first I want to speak to those of you who maybe it's your first time ever being in church I don't know I have no clue maybe you wandered in here and this joker's up here talking about a stick you don't have a clue Maybe you've never experienced God in your life or you've never asked Him to forgive you of your sins and you just lived your life without God. There, there are people who live their whole lives and don't even think about God. Maybe that's you. If that's you, can I, can I encourage you to make a change today? Can I encourage you to invite God to come into your life? I know that may sound weird to some of you. I don't mean to be weird or whatever. I just know that I ask God every day to help me, and that's what He does. He gives me wisdom. He protects me. He provides for me. He heals me when I'm sick. He gives me wisdom. He sorts things out for me. He gives me solutions. Why would I not want that guy in my life? And if that's you, if you've, if you've never given your life, never asked God to come into your heart, I'm talking to you. I want to give you that opportunity right now. I wouldn't embarrass you. You don't have to say anything. In fact, I won't let you say anything except to God. If that's you, I want you to come. We're just going to take just a few moments. I don't want anybody leaving. If at all possible, stay with me. If that's you, I want you to come and stand here with me. I'm going to pray with you. If you've never asked God to be a part of your life, I want you to come and stand with me. Come now, don't hesitate. And then while they're coming, I want to invite everybody under the sound of my voice. You say, well, are you really talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Maybe today you realize that you had this ordinary stick in your life. Maybe you're using it for God's glory right now, but maybe there's another stick that you, 
You've been keeping to yourself, not, maybe not even intentionally. Maybe you forgot about it. Maybe today the Holy Spirit said that you have another stick that I can use. You have a rod. You, you already possess them. There's something in your life. Maybe it's your degree of education. And he says, I want to use it. If that's you, I want you to come. I'm opening this up to everyone under the sound of my voice. From one side of the room to the other, from the front to the back, come and stand with me. What we're going to do is we're going to acknowledge the stick that we have and we're going to throw it down. We're going to invite him to let us be a part of that miracle. And then we're going to be ordinary. That's what we're going to do. I want to encourage all of you to come. And I tell you that nothing in your possession you gained of your own strength, your own intellect, it all came from God. And this is your opportunity. Say, well, I can do it at the back seat. I know you can. I'm asking you to come forward and just stand. We're just going to take a few moments, just a few moments. And as you come, I want you to picture the stick. Picture the thing that he gave you. Maybe it's weird, I don't know, odd. But it was from him, and he wants to use it. Come if you're coming. Come if you're coming. We're going to pray together. Come if you're coming. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Anyone else want to come and join us? Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, I know that this today was not the normal service, the normal message, the normal whatever, but I believe that's what you gave me to share. And I believe that you told me to pick these sticks up and bring them in here. They're different shapes and sizes. That's the way each of us are. Some of us have just a small, like a match. We feel like we only have like a matchstick. And yet there's others who think they have this big staff. Whatever it is. We give it to you. Maybe it's a lesson that we learned during our wilderness experience. Maybe it's something that we learned in our trial. And you want to anoint it and you want to use it to help other people. So today we bring that to you. And we lay these things down before you we acknowledge that they were in our hand and they were in our possession they were part of our life we lay it down and we ask you to anoint it anoint it and God I pray that as your anointing comes on this, this aspect of our life I pray that we would be part of the miracle Pray that you would use us. God, we're humbled that you would want to use us. 
And God, I pray that after the miracle that we'd go back to being normal. Not lukewarm. I'm not talking about wandering from God. But I'm, I'm, I'm talking about put, we'd go back to positioning ourselves where we can be used by you again. Where we can, where you can use us to affect change in your kingdom. Whether it's on a massive scale or a one-on-one. I pray, I pray for that. God, may we never forget where we've come from. May we see the world that's outside of these walls with the eyes that you have. May we reach our world, our world, for your namesake, for your glory.